Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. My name is Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 46 this time out. You know, one thing I really like about doing this interview podcast series is it gives me a chance to talk with local songwriters who I already know, which gives me the chance to bring up lots of stories and anecdotes. And it's also a mix of interviews with songwriters and artists who I only know about. And doing this gives me the chance to sit with them and kind of learn from what they do and document the conversation so hopefully other people can kind of learn about their music as well. In the case of this episode, number 46, it's kind of a mix of both of those. If you go way back in the Songs and Stories archive, which is actually on the main page of my website at michaelgaither.com, episode number eight was a chat with Josiah Longo, who's the main songwriter for a band called, and are you sitting down for this? Gandalf Murphy and the Slambovian Circus of Dreams. They're kind of an eclectic rock band out of New York, and as we learned in the first interview, number eight, there is no Gandalf Murphy, there is no Slambovia, and there is no circus. Uh, the name Gandalf Murphy and the Slambovian Circus of Dreams is this sort of mythological name concept that Josiah came up with one day when he was walking through, as we learned in the first interview, walking through the forest of Sleepy Hollow, New York. He thought of the name, basically he, he said it was, they wanted to think of this big, goofy, kind of stupid name, in his own words, to wrap their music around. And it's really a great theatrical kind of name, and it, if you listen to their songs, it really fits to what they do. Uh, musically, they're a mix of really old 60s, old school, King Crimson, Pink Floyd, there's some Who influences um, in their music, but uh, lyrically, there's a very strong folk sense to what they do. They're very, there's a narrative sense going through what they do, but it comes from a very kind of different place. And if you hear the songs, which you will in a couple of minutes, it'll make a lot of sense. So what I wanted to do was talk to Josiah about their new release, their new album called The Great Unravel. Uh, it came out a couple of months ago, and I caught up with Josiah at the American River Music Festival in Coloma, California, about four weeks ago at the end of September. So we sat down and kind of revisited what we talked about the first time and talked about the new record. Um, also, what was kind of fun about this interview is that uh, Josiah was the first interview I did with somebody I didn't know. When I first started interviewing other songwriters, I did a, a couple with people that I already knew to kind of get comfortable with the, the recorder and the idea of doing this and how to put it together. And once I interviewed, you know, Bev Barnett and some other people and Greg Newland, people I knew locally, I decided to go look for bands who I didn't know and really see if I could pull off this interview thing. And now we're here at 40 plus episodes later. So I, I guess it's working. People are listening and downloading. So getting back to Josiah, one thing I also wanted to bring up was he has this really cool method of songwriting that we talked about about a year and a half ago in the first episode, number eight. And what he does is besides carrying notebooks like we all, like a lot of us writers do, he uses three by five index cards and he writes lyric ideas down and he keeps them in a photo album, which allows him to kind of reorganize and reshuffle things. And I started doing that recently. And what I've been doing for the last, I don't know, three or four songs is writing out the chorus on one card and then verses on separate cards. And the last two or three songs that I've actually completed, I did using this. 
And you'll find if, you, if you're a writer and you try this method, it allows you to really kind of reorganize, shuffle things around. It also makes it really easy if you overwrite like I do, which is a good idea for editing purposes. It allows you to just easily toss out a verse and focus on the rest of the song that you want to keep. We'll hear more about that index card method in a little bit, but first here are a couple of things off the new release. Here's a bit of the title track called The Great Unravel, as well as a song called Tink, which I liked a lot, and as you'll discover in this interview, it's really about um, the struggle between your inner Tink and your inner Wendy. So here we go with uh, Gandalf Murphy in the Slambovian Circus of Dreams, and then a chat with Josiah Longo up at the American River Music Festival. Everything you are, everything you see, wished upon a star, hope that you could be everything they know, what they think is real. You can let it go, truth will be revealed. Let go, free your mind to travel. Voices call, calling out to you. Life back to the fall, wants to find what's true. All our lonely days, all our sordid past, let it fade away. Only love will last. Let go, teach your mind to travel. So unkind 
This is uh, we, we kept saying on the, the it's funny because the operative phrase all day long because we, we camped last night and we kept saying but the, the, the phrase was we love strawberry but this is like the easiest festival ever because it was like in a field we had a shuttle the camping was easy and, yeah. and you guys headline which you know that's, that's fun too you can feel they really care you know like behind yeah. the scenes there's something going on that's very emo- well, I was, emotional I was, yeah. in fact for the people listening we're on the Amer- we're at, we're at um, somewhere in Coloma California at the American River Resort Music Festival this is the second year and I was overhearing people talking back at the lodge the campground last night and they were saying that you know last year was pretty tiny this year is about double the size and next year is, is kind of hoping to be the break-even point which i guess you need a business plan for a festival to work yeah, it takes a while for them to get it up and you know yeah. where they can make any money on it you know yeah. for the next year so it's good to see you again good to see you man it's been Long about a year and a half and i've been i visit your site every once in a while oh, during the cool. year stay good. in touch with you, you know? good 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 I felt something. Cool, cool. <laughs> I knew yeah. it wasn't a ghost. Yeah, I was sneaking through there, good, through your good. territory. It's, you know, it's funny because between the songwriting and the, and the playing and just being able to like just meet other people doing this through this little podcasting, it's it's, it's really kind of a blessing. Yeah. You know, and a, hope, it's it's really cool. It's yeah. a great idea to do it. I mean, yeah, honestly. It's, and and the, the nice thing was it it just kind of I think it just kind of happened. So I, I wanted to tell you right away that I've, I've been u- I've been using your index card idea. We talked oh, have you? We, yeah, we talked back system, at Strawberry yeah, yeah. about putting lyrics on index cards, and what I've been doing is writing verses out, rearranging them. Cool. I haven't done the photo album idea. Actually, for the people listening, what is your index card system? Because you talked about it about a year and a half ago when it was brand new. Yeah, you know, it's just a it's the medium size index card that I use because. Uh, so you're still doing that? Yeah, and they because oh, okay. because they fit right into one of those photo albums that yep. have the plastic pockets. Yeah. Those medium size index cards fit in. So if you write, if you carry index cards around in your pocket and you get ideas for songs and write them on those, then you could stick them in those books in a semi order and move them all around until you find what you want. You know, the whole find song the order sequence where the yeah. chorus goes, where the bridge goes. Yeah. So you could do verses and, and, and choruses and yeah. stuff like that on them and switch them up. It's also just a good way for storage, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it keeps it scrappy enough because you're writing on some. You know, bent up index card, but that you store it in those books. I've got volumes of books like that I'll now. Bet. You know, so did you really write 400 songs for this for this new CD, or did you pick through 400? No, no, songs? I wrote 400 songs in the first two years of Gandalf Murphy and the Slambovian Sons. It just you, came down. When did you guys start again officially as we, Gandalf? We Murphy? started in the maybe 98, 99, okay. somewhere around there, like okay. that. You know, we came out as this band. You know. I had stopped playing for about two years, right, right. and even tried to stop writing during that time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you try to stop, stuff happens. But as soon as we picked the name for the band, uh, you know, all kinds of music came down because I think the name suggests something big. There's a lot of room for a lot of different types of music. To I come love out. it because you're. It, it's there's this this whole mythology you've created, but it wasn't pre-planned. It just kind of happened. Yeah, it you? just happens. You just you know because I mean this, when we thought of the name, it was a random name. It's nothing we fashioned or yeah. anything. You know, we just said the name and laughed and kept yep. it. You know. Yeah. But, um, Cool. So the point with this was actually to talk about the new CD. The Great Unravel just came out. I'm holding yeah. it in my hand. And let's talk about a few of the songs. Cool, cool. Okay. Um, you know, I, and I heard a few of these, I think it's Strawberry, a year and a half ago. Yes. But, um, talk about Tink. I know I know, because your wife's name is Tink, but I think you talked about in some other interview that it was for the Tink and everybody, and there was Tink versus Wendy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you know, I mean, you know, that's, that's just... Uh, Tink's walking away from us over here. Yeah, Tink's the nickname, you know, my wife's nickname since I met her, but it's because I saw that Tinkerbell side in her, you know. I mean, I think, you know, if you think of the the Peter Pan story, 
Tinkerbell was the one kind of always left behind, but she was the one to willing to lay down her life for Peter. You know, she uh, drank the poison rather than let him drink the poison that that Captain Hook had you know stuck in his drink. You know, and I think Tink's the one. It's Tink's like the good the good friend girl that always gets left behind for the the beauty that leads you to hell. You know, so uh, you know, I, I, there's something about the psychology of Tinkerbell Wendy. That I feel, you know, Wendy leads you back to reality and wants you to live according to the laws of reality. But and Wendy was kind of pretty and boring. And yeah, Tink was yeah. More Tink was a little troublemaker. Yeah, you know, yeah. she's always kind of poking you in the uh, kind of more in the butt. To her. Yeah, yeah, with that with that little sword of hers. It kind of kept him in line. It did, yeah. You know? Kept him, kept him, and kept him striving to be more. You know, so we wrote a love song to the Tinkerbell and everybody. Yeah. It's called Tink. I know it's you yeah, on the it's album. It's a great tune. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it works good. Sharky plays slide mandolin on that. I, I, you know, when I heard the CD, I, I just assumed that was that was him playing his Les Paul, and then I, I was yeah. watching it. Damn, he's playing a mandolin yeah. with a slide. <laughs> I was a little nervous that people would think it was the Paul because it's like he's in the higher registers all the yeah. time, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's slide mandolin. We kind of stole that from uh, the Water Boys. One of the Water Boys, and I'm now going to blank out on the name of somebody we know pretty well. Anyway, he uh, there's Slide Bazooki on one of the songs, oh, okay. and that fella became a fan of our band. He plays in a band called the Saw Doctors now. Oh, I, and, I love uh, those guys. And we, yeah. put, we, 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 we put that slide mandolin as kind of a tip of the hat to him, so we knew he'd get a kick out of it. We did a show with them. I've got, I've got most of their records. At the Pan Within, I think, uses oh, Slide okay. Bazooki, you know, nice. a couple of the tunes from that album. You know. I'll link to the Saw Doctors on this cool, cool. interview thing. Site, night, site notes. So. Cool. Good stuff. Um, I wanted to just, like, pick up some of the songs here. Desire, I, I think what caught me was in, our, in the first interview we did a year and a half ago, you talked about walking through the, the, the woods of Sleepy Hollow, New York, and the ghost talking to you. And like literally, like, like the first word on the album is the ghost's Americana. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that song Desire a little bit. Well... You know, it seemed it seemed very Slambovian. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I, you know, we, we we played Falcon Ridge Folk Festival in uh, New York, there where we live, and I was trying to get home to see my girls. You know, we had a little, we had a day break, mm-hmm. so I was driving down a back country road about eighty miles an hour on these curvy roads, and and all of a sudden the ghost came, and I started to hear and see. A lot of times it's very visual, you know, hear and see this song. And I tried writing it on a napkin while I was driving, and then finally I had to just stop the car. It was getting a little dangerous. And I wrote, you know, all the verses on a napkin and then stuck them in the glove compartment so I could continue to ride home to see my girls. You know, stuck it in there and forgot about it for a few months. And then uh, when I got pulled over by the cops, had to show my license and registration, (laughs) there was the napkin in there. So when the cop left, I looked at it, and all the music was still stuck to the words that I wrote on the napkin and that's what desire is it's uh, unchanged from what was written driving down the road there uh, at 80 miles an hour so, <laughs> so I think do you write a lot of songs that just kind of fall into your lap or do you have a lot you have to really like work on and craft and come back to is it kind of a mix well it's a mix yeah it's yeah. a mix of things you know I mean different songs have different functions a lot of them come when I'm kind of musing over something for a long time mm-hmm. something that's bothering me about you know, how to make something work better in the world or what's yeah. wrong with this. And then a lot of times the answer comes to me with a melody attached to it. And and that'll play in my head. I'll hear it playing while I'm talking to people and stuff like that. Yep. And then I kind of gr- realize what it is and then mm-hmm. tune into it and then it comes down. A lot yeah. of them do like that. To yeah. me, it's always, it might be similar, I'm not sure, but when I, when I get a, a definite song that's kind of going somewhere, I almost 
it's almost an analogy to be schiz- to being schizophrenic because I'll get this melody and I can't get it out of my head until I do yeah, something with that's it. it I gotta sit down and finish the song or record it in GarageBand or write the lyrics out otherwise this melody keeps playing in my head yeah it's like go, a soundtrack am I right? insane yeah. or am I an artist yeah. I, I don't know but that's it, it must be similar it's very similar yeah, or, I mean, something, or something that's coming from you from somewhere that just wants to be finished yeah, and you're kind of so. like the vessel for it yeah I mean you know I think when you know when we drop dead and you know I, I really believe very much that the spirit lives on forever and I think you know uh, a lot of people are just hanging around, and and instead of just going to the spirit world, sitting up in heaven and eating popsicles all the time, I think people want to improve the state of the world. So, I think people hang around and try to help people out, uh, help them solve things, or or try to reveal revelations or songs mm-hmm. to people, you know, so that they can they can grow in the spirit world. You know, you, they want to help things on the earth plane. So when a song falls in your lap, it's somebody giving it. Yeah, to you. I think it's help. You know, or, or, or a group of people who know that. You know, hey, Josiah's got a certain vocabulary in his head. We can kind of spark him in this direction and that direction. He'll say it the way we want him to say it. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like that. I think it's collaboration. But a lot of times, as you know, it comes down without crossing anything out. You could write like eight verses and you don't cross anything out. I think Dylan did that a lot. You know, I don't think he knew what the hell he was doing most of the time, I wouldn't think. And I've I've had a lot, the the note card idea, too. I've got a couple of songs where I, I played in a... The car cup is up. There goes the. There goes my, my last shuttle. Oh, anyway, <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh. Um, but it's one of them. Um, I had a. Um, I played in a, a restaurant about a couple of months ago, and it was a. We did it in the round. Nobody listened, and I looked behind the bar, and they're they're showing Mothra on television. <laughs> and it wasn't a great crowd. It wasn't a bad night. I mean, we got a crepe and two beers, and that's kind of how it is sometimes. But I, as I was playing, I got kind of into watching Mothra going. Oh, I haven't seen this. There's the two chicks, little the little Japanese girls singing, yes, and yeah. and it was just kind of like this goofy night. And so I got home and I wrote this whole verse about playing in a bar and they were watching Mothra on television. And I had this whole song built around that. And then I, when I finished the song, I, I threw out the whole verse about the bar and Mothra because it didn't fit. Uh-huh. So you just write a lot of stuff and then you throw it doesn't work. Yeah, some things are the, like piece of sand in an oyster just to yeah. irritate. Yeah, and it, the this whole song grew out of it, so yeah. it happens. It happens. Yeah. Let me ask you also on the new on the new CD, The Grave and Unravel. Um, you guys obviously have you know Pink Floyd and King Crimson and in, influences. Yeah. There's a couple of songs I was going to work with. I, Summer's Day, I went, oh my god, he sounds like Bowie. Oh, cool, cool. Because I heard, I mean, I, I've heard like Neil Diamond in your voice yeah. and some other influences, but that sounded even like in the melody and the way you were singing the song, it sounded like Bowie. Was that intentional or did you? No, no, not at all. You know, I mean, but it was know, very cool. That's good. You know, it's, it's some British magazine. We were just in the UK about a week ago, and yeah. uh, a British magazine said that. My voice sounds like Neil Diamond with early Bowie phrasing, they said okay. in the magazine. That was kind of cool, you know? Yeah. I don't like the Neil Diamond aspect of it too much. Sorry, Neil. But, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, what it is, I think a lot of pronunciations and flavors that we add yeah. to things, it's just part of our vocabulary, you know, because yeah. of the British invasion. We grew up in Britain because right. of that, you know? Sure, we grew up absolutely. In, uh, we grew up with Hank Williams, you know, yeah. and we, you know, so there's some twang and things. And for me, I let that go rather than trying to have a signature particular accent, mm-hmm. w- which mine sounds like Rocky from South Philadelphia, you know. <laughs> uh, it, I just let it flow wherever it goes. So accents change as much as textures or pitches. You know? Yeah, sure. And plus the songs, like like you said, the songs you grew up singing. Um, like I ended up doing. I mean, I, I've 
think that it was Good Times interviewed reviewed one of my, my my CD and talked about the twang that I have in my songs. And I'm born and raised in Santa Cruz, but there's uh-huh. this twang in some of my singing, and I think it's just a comfortable way of phrasing that Absolutely. I'm used to. And the same with Absolutely. you, it's like a lot of that British stuff that you were used to probably singing along in the car on the radio yeah and that kind of like carries into your songwriting it's important i mean the, the brits yeah. were copping the old blues guys sure. accents you so know it's just it's coming like, back to where it belonged yeah. in the first place and we should <laughs> imitate what we love you know yeah exactly imitate it, you know originality is you know overrated when you try to do it i mean yeah. there's nothing you can do that's not original no matter what you try to and what's, do. What's, what's the whole joy of it too is when you like 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 with you guys when you find your own because your songs are definitely—I mean, the, the, your lyric writing is definitely unique. But you, people say, well, he sounds like Neil Diamond with Bowie phrasing, or I hear some King Crimson. There's some Who, but you guys sound like Slambovian music. I cool, mean, in the cool. end, it's like this is what you guys sound like. Yeah, it definitely is us. You know, like I said, uh, because we're not afraid to imitate anymore when we love. You yeah. know, it's like putting an effect sometimes on a guitar. You know, you, sometimes you need distortion. Sometimes you need the British accent. Sometimes you need the Hank Williams twang. Sure. And and if you're fearless about it, you're not worried about what people think. You're just worried about giving people a good time or right. helping them transcend. You don't you just pull it all. And in, it's all about know. serving the song. It is, man. It is. It's, it's all about just you know. Whether you think of it yourself, or the ghosts are collaborating with you, you 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 put this piece of work together and you find a sound to deliver it with. That's and, it, man. You know, That's it, Michael. That's the whole piece, piece. Let's talk um, before we, we end up here. You had a Christmas CD last year. I didn't know about it, and you closed with a Christmas song this afternoon, late September in Coloma, California. Yes. And you combined. Gloria with Gloria. Yes, yes, that that's right, that's right. <laughs> I was like, all of a sudden I went, Gloria, glo- it, was, it was wonderful, it was great. It's cool, right? Yeah, and um, Every Day is Christmas in Slambovia. Yes. Um, when, how can people get the Christmas CD that comes out? You're going to re-release it this year? We do it every year, you know, we do a limited run on them, we, you know, yeah. we'll press up 500 or something okay. more, you know, 1,000 of them, and then they usually sell out, so we don't. Uh, then we don't repress them for, right. for the for the year. But so you know, if you go to slambovia.com, right around a couple months before the holidays, we should have it back out with some new stuff that I just wrote this year, new Good. Christmas songs. Good. So uh, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So where are you guys off to next? Well, we're playing. Think f- about think about as far as the podcast about two months out. Where are you oh, guys yeah. going to be? Well, let's see. After we finish up our California gigs, we get a couple wow. more here. We're going back to. Jeez, uh, I don't. That's I can't go, go that far. Yeah. And I'll, That's it. I'll yammer about it on the podcast. That's it, Michael. Yeah, because I, I I don't my mind don't go that far into the future. Just, just, keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Worry about the, <laughs> let your tour people worry about the calendar. Okay. Good seeing you no, again. Yeah, same here, Michael. Nice Likewise. talking to you, brother. Likewise. We'll talk to you next time. All right. I love the image of spirits wandering the afterlife, helping other people finish songs or finding their own revelations instead of just hanging out and having eaten popsicles. Besides, I don't even like popsicles. There's a revelation for you. Uh, so that was Josiah Longo from Gandalf Murphy and the Slambovian Circus of Dreams. And another thing I like about doing these interviews is I really don't know where they're going to go. Somebody asked me recently if I come with detailed notes and an outline. And nine times out of ten, I have like maybe one question. I just kind of let it roll out. And this turned into a really interesting conversation, at least I thought listening back to it, about um, songwriting. You kind of write what you know and what you're comfortable with and what your influences are. And then eventually, um, the theory is, you kind of find your own voice amongst those influences. And that's kind of what they've done. I mean, you definitely can hear 
you know, Bowie and King Crimson and some old 60s music, but they really have, like I said, they sound like slam Bovian music, and as you keep writing, hopefully you, you do kind of find your own voice. So once again, the new CD is called The Great Unravel, and if you want to find out more about Gandalf Murphy and the Slambovian Circus of Dreams, um, go to my website, michaelgather.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com, and I'll put links to their current tour schedule, their their CDs, their site. I'll also add links to um, the Saw Doctors and the Waterboys, because we mentioned them during this chat. And if you actually do go to the, the Slambovian site, they have a, a great link called Radio Free Slambovian. You can hear lots and lots of album cuts and live performances from different venues. So you can get, it gives you a really good sense of who they're about. So once again, this has been Songs and Stories number 46. I'm Michael Gaither. If you have any comments about this episode, you can send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and that, and again, that once more, I want to mention this was recorded up at the American River Music Festival in Coloma, California. Coming up on the next episode, we're going to go back to the festival again. Um, it's going to be a song circle, a late night song circle that was around our camp, uh, I think on Saturday night. That'll be up in a couple of weeks. So uh, if you're in iTunes, this should download automatically. If you're listening to this back at uh, back in Baltimore at Grateful Dread Radio. Uh, you'll probably pick it up on a Friday night in a couple of weeks. And um, on my site, michaelgather.com, it'll be up there very soon. And if you want to find out more about what's coming up on Songs and Stories or where I'm playing, again, send me an email, michael at michaelgather.com, or just go to my contact page and let me know you want to listen. And thanks again for listening. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>